Jill and I are back. Welcome to season three of Abundantly Charged. Stay tuned. Welcome to our third season of Abundantly Charged. We're your hosts, Dr. Grant Chandler, CEO of Students Matter, and Jill Lewis, CEO of Brilliance and Beyond. As we begin to think about life on the other side of a global pandemic, we realize that everything in life is forever changed. We're all in the midst of creating new routines in all aspects of our lives, from how we shop to how we socialize to how we travel and even to how we spend our free time. We're contemplating new ways to think about how we integrate work and home, and even how we educate our children. We've learned that our children cannot and should not be measured on high-stakes tests alone. We've learned that there are multiple ways to connect with our students, and we need to move away from a one-size-fits-all approach to teaching and learning. We've learned we need to engage our students in pedagogy and experiences that respect each student's human desire to learn. And finally, we've learned that the cultivation of curiosity and wonder in our curriculum and in our instruction invites each of our students to experience profound relevance and connection to the people and the world around them. In our 10 episodes this season, we'll explore the paradigm shifts we need to consider as we think about and explore how to cultivate wonder and curiosity in abundantly charged classrooms. We thank you for letting us be a part of your day. Hello and welcome to Abundantly Charged. I'm Dr. Grant Chandler. And I'm Jill Lewis. And together, Grant and I are very excited to welcome you to our third season of this podcast. So welcome to season three. Last season, we spent our time thinking about what it means to cultivate curiosity and wonder in our classrooms. We had a lot of great conversation thinking about what we mean by curiosity and wonder. We defined it, we thought about why it was missing, and how high-stakes assessments really focused our attention on very different things. We thought about the role of the teacher in a curiosity and wonder classroom, and then we tore apart curiosity as a noun and wonder as a verb. So let's remind ourselves of those particular definitions. So what does it mean to be abundantly charged? cultivating curiosity and wonder in today's classrooms. Curiosity and wonder are natural results of what Kathleen Budge and I define as teachers facilitating joy-filled learning. We define curiosity as a strong desire to explore something that is interesting, challenging, and relevant to your life. Likewise, Jill and I define wonder as a way to think about, to study, to explore something that is interesting, challenging, and relevant to your life. We also spent one episode highlighting some paradigm shifts we need to consider making if we are going to cultivate curiosity and wonder effectively. In this season, we devote our entire 10 episodes to exploring these paradigm shifts more deeply. 
We'll begin by thinking about what a paradigm shift is and what we need to be able to successfully make the big changes in the easiest way possible. We already have a rough work to do. Now, this isn't about doing more work. It's about doing our work and planning our instruction differently. But let's not get way ahead of ourselves. We'll think about easy ways to help us change our thinking, and that will help us make that big shift. In this season, we devote our entire 10 episodes to exploring these paradigm shifts more deeply. We'll begin in episode two by thinking about what a paradigm shift is and what we need to be able to successfully make the big changes in the easiest way possible. We already have enough work to do. So this isn't about doing more work. It's about doing our work and planning our instruction differently. But let's not get way ahead of ourselves. We'll think about easy ways to help us change our thinking and move into making that big shift. And then in episode three, we're going to explore our first major paradigm shift. We call that pace. We don't all have to be at the same place at the same time. But let's back up and provide some context for these paradigm shifts. Jill, let's just talk about you know this whole idea of uh, curiosity and wonder and how some of those some of the major thinking around curriculum and instruction you know brings us uh, you know how do we how do we get there and you know of course you and i you know we know that you know we strongly believe in wiggins and mctie's understanding by design and really thinking about uh, what a thinking-based curriculum is, uh, and not one that is is simply factually based. And so, you know, they define big ideas as you know a concept and a theme or an issue that gives meaning and connection to discrete facts and skills. Unfortunately, as you know, and we've talked about it forever, a, a lot of what we see curricularly is just the facts and skills, um, and I think. All of this time and attention on high stakes assessments have kind of really forced districts to to be very fact and very skill based. But those facts and skills are about something bigger than that. And and Wiggins and McTie skillfully and very um, effectively name that those big ideas. And that curriculum is about experiences and assignments and assessments that are linked to big big understandings desired understandings though what do i need to what do i do with this what do i what how do i how do i take this learning and and apply it in in unique and in powerful new ways and then of course yes content standards are there but content standards are tools that help us get to the bigger ideas and the and the bigger thinking um and so curiosity and wonder is connected to a thinking thinking based learning targets right joe mhm absolutely absolutely and so when we have those targets um it gives us it gives us a little bit of a roadmap of where we're going but how we get there is very different and could look very different which is what brings in that curiosity and wonder but before that it really draws into Um, a concept called vibrant learning, where you take the academic content, you look at the depth of knowledge, the type of learning that we are asking kids to do, the type of thinking, not just the type of learning, but the type of 
thinking we're asking students to do and what that really means and how they think about something could look very differently with the different types of depths of knowledge that we're using. And then of course, how does that pull in social and emotional learning? So when you bring in that vibrant learning altogether, you are pulling into that curiosity and wonder and really giving us the giving yourself the basis of what can happen with curiosity and wonder. So remember, curiosity is that strong desire to explore something that is interesting and challenging and relevant to one's life. And wonder is the way we think about it, how we study it, and how we explore it. Um, That really draws the interest, the challenge, and the relevance to one's life. And let's just recap vibrant learning for a moment. That's That's a new concept. Uh, that we introduce in our work, and that is we take academic content. And when I think about academic content, I'm thinking about Wiggins and McTie's definition of the big ideas, right? Not just the facts and the skills, but the big ideas and the thinking behind those and why that's important. And we take that academic content and we determine the appropriate level of depth of knowledge, whether that is knowledge acquisition, that knowledge application, knowledge analysis, knowledge augmentation. And we remember we're teaching humans and we need to be thinking about social and emotional learning, self-awareness, self-management, responsible decision-making, relationship skills, and social awareness. And then, you know, how does that all look if we... You know, if if I were a teacher sitting out there listening and going, okay, now wait a minute, that's so very different than perhaps what I was trained to do or what I currently do. Because if I'm an ELA teacher in third grade, I don't necessarily, maybe I do, but I don't necessarily put all of that, all of that together into the same lesson because we're not talking about teaching these things academic content, depth of knowledge, and social-emotional learning. We're not talking about teaching those in separate siloed lessons. We're talking about putting them all together, right? The power is when we put them all together. When we take academic content, we select the appropriate level of depth of knowledge, and we remember teaching humans, right? So when we think about that, we think about our lesson outcomes in, in in a whether it's an ELA lesson, a science lesson, a math lesson, you know, what is the essential question that's worth the time and energy needed for exploration? What do we want students to know and to be able to do as a result of this lesson? What skills do we want to grow or practice in the areas of self-awareness, self-management, responsible decision-making, relationship skills, and social awareness? And how will they show us they know it and can do it. And, and I really think those are really five really or four really important questions that we need to think about and ask ourselves as we develop lesson outcomes. Yeah, absolutely. So Grant, here's here's key things that really stuck out to me is um, in that first question there is, you know, what is the essential question um, that you're, you're focused on? So, but but the piece that really like grabbed me was worth the time and energy needed. So yes, we have a numerous essential questions that I'm sure we've all looked at and we've all thought that this is so important, but I think we've got to really take that time to understand and determine, 
is this truly worth the time and energy that's needed for the exploration? Or is it a way that we can combine some of those essential questions to really put that value there so that our students take that time and really see how that exploration will move them into a very different kind of thinking level. And then I think the other piece that that really stuck out to me was in that third question that you mentioned, what what skills do we want to grow and our practice in the area of self-awareness, self-management, responsible decision-making, relationship skills, and social awareness, but the skills to grow. You know, some of our students come with very you know, strong skills and, for example, the self-awareness and self-management, but maybe they need more in the relationship skills aspect. So where are those skills that need to grow? And that's where we look at those different lesson outcomes. And sometimes we may have some sub-outcomes for our individual students, like an advanced learning plan or a learning plan in and of itself that is really going to help those students hone those skills so that as they continue through a planning for that vibrant learning aspect, it becomes easier for them and it becomes more rich or it becomes richer for um, you as the teacher in planning your lessons. Yeah. So we really think about you're trying to de-silo everything, right? And integrate it all into one piece. As we think about our lesson outcomes, we should be thinking about the, the answers to those four questions. What is the essential question that is worth the time and energy needed for exploration? What's going to spark curiosity and wonder, right? What do we want students to know and to be able to do? What skills do we want to grow? in terms in the areas of social emotional learning because we're teaching humans and how will they show us they know it and can do it and from there we select content right what content are we going to use to achieve the lesson outcomes and what resources will we need and so we start to really hone in on what the what that lesson's really going to look like once we select the content that we're that we need in order to reach those lesson outcomes. But think about, again, that's a Wiggins and McTie thing because a lot of us were trained to think about content first and then go back and figure out why we're doing it. And of course, we say, and we agree with Wiggins and McTie and with Vibrant Learning is start with start with the end in mind. What is it we want from this particular lesson? And then let's select the content that is appropriate. And of course, once we select content and resources, we also want to think about the appropriate level of depth of knowledge. And I know that in a lot of the work that Jill and I do, we talk about Webb's 2002 version of depth of knowledge, where he really clarified, you know, um, what those four areas are, knowledge acquisition, application analysis, and augmentation. And then finally, we get to instruction. How will I facilitate learning in this lesson? Which with which activities will we engage? How will we experience the gradual release of responsibility? And are these the best strategies? And why are these the best strategies to achieve those lesson outcomes that we interpreted? And this is you know, kind of our version of how do you plan effectively for vibrant learning? And then, you know, and as you look at that as the strategies, you know, we shouldn't be using the same strategy for every single lesson because each strategy that you can draw from provides a different way to help instruction. Um, and it provides that different way for students to 
master that concept, that skill, but then also be able to put it together and transfer that knowledge into other areas as well. So it's really um, instruction aspect for me. It makes makes me really excited to talk about because it takes into consideration all of these different places from lesson outcomes to the content to the appropriate depth of knowledge. And then how do you put that all together to create this masterful lesson that really connects with your students that you are teaching as well as and creates that engagement. And then of course, once they hit that mastery level, or even as they grow along the way, the celebratory aspects of, of understanding the material and then connecting it to other areas that they're learning about. And so in this, in this premiere episode of season three, we really wanted you to see the, some of the theoretical connections behind the scenes between uh, curriculum, lesson outcomes, um, vibrant learning, and then how those appropriately channeled and identified curricular learning targets and vibrant learning leads to curiosity and wonder. And you know, again, we've coined, we 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 certainly draw upon the work of Wiggins and McTie around um, big ideas and their definition of what curriculum is, and then thinking about what does that mean when we put that into practice. And we call Jill and I call that vibrant learning, right? Vibrant learning when we take academic content, determine the appropriate level of of depth of knowledge, and remember, we're teaching humans. Right, and if we if, and if we put all that together in a way that's not siloed but is cohesive and clear, then we have a really strong connection between our curricular targets, our our design for vibrant learning, and how that's going to lead us to curiosity and wonder. And the remainder of our season in season three is not necessarily about how to do curiosity and wonder, but it's around some of the really big paradigm shifts, big changes in thinking that we need to make in order to do that. So that when we so that when we put vibrant learning out there to cultivate curiosity and wonder, it's not siloed because si- you know, putting separate lessons and doing things in a siloed way is not going to lead us to curiosity and wonder. And so again, we're going to in see or episode 2, we're going to talk about how do you make a paradigm shift easily and in episode 3 we'll start to talk about those very specific paradigm shifts beginning with pace. We don't all have to be at the same place at the same time in order to get to where we want to go. Curiosity and wonder must permeate every aspect of learning in our classrooms. Today, students' voice, autonomy, and drive must dictate how, why, and what we teach daily. When this happens, students engage and answer the big question, what in the world do I want to explore today? Thank you so much for joining Grant and me today. Until next time, let's remain abundantly charged. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Abundantly Charged. New episodes drop every Tuesday afternoon beginning January 3rd and running through March 7th. We'll take a short break and return with Season 4 in April. Join the Abundantly Charged virtual community. If you would like subscription information, email us at 
abundantlycharged at gmail.com. Abundantly Charged is a production of Students Matter, LLC, and Brilliance and Beyond, LLC. Our show's theme music is Something Different, written and performed by Revelé and obtained through Soundstripe.com. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss an episode. You can subscribe to this podcast on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It can also be found on our website at https colon forward slash forward slash abundantly dash charged dot captivate dot fm forward slash episodes. If you like our show, please leave us a review. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, remember, let's remain abundantly charged.